Big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Maxwell podcast. You know what, guys? I got one of my favorites of all time, Nate Archibald. Nate Tiny Archibald. How you doing, my man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm hanging in there every day. <laughs> the thing I heard, you know, at first I asked you about your health because you had, I think you said you had a heart transplant? Right, heart transplant. I had what they call uh, amyloidosis, which is a protein buildup, and everybody thinks all proteins are good, and it wasn't good. It, it had my heart beating a lot faster, even though I wasn't doing any exercise. So I had to get a heart transplant. And uh, right now I'm taking one day at a time. Well, I tell you what, your heart was always beating fast anyway. Take you back to some of them series. But before we get to Philadelphia and all that, I want to take you to when you first got to Boston. Tell me a little bit about when you first got traded. You were coming that time off of an Achilles injury. This was your second one, right, after you left Buffalo and got traded to Boston. Right. Uh, the, the first one, I ruptured. The second one, I, I, I tore completely off the bone. Mm. Coming to Boston was, you know, it, it, you know, people always have different expectations about Boston. I stayed in Roxbury, Dorchester. Okay. <laughs> so I, I had a good time. Okay. I, I, I stayed in my element and people say, stay in your lane. I stayed in my lane. I had a great time, you know, with, with, with the Celtics. But more importantly, Max, I had a great time in the community, okay? I, I, I was in the boys' club all the time. I met some great people. I, and those people, you know, unlike us who are not playing anymore, they're still performing. They lived, up, like, right down the street from, you know, uh, Roxbury Dorchester uh, Boys' Club, and they lived in Orchard Park. Bobby Brown, Michael Bibbins, and all of those guys. And they was uh, boys club members at a young age. So I, I met them. And you know what? They, they, we're not performing anymore. They're still performing and still making, <laughs> and still, and still making money. But I had a good time. I, I, you know, people always have misconceptions of certain places to go to. I had a great time in Boston. You know, I wasn't that far from uh, New York, but... We did leagues, we did community programs, we did tournaments and stuff like that, back and forth, you know, and, and it, was, it, it was just great being a part of the Celtics, but more importantly, being a part of the community. Well, psychologically, I watched you come back from that Achilles, and what I remember was just really how you were so into one thing, and that was getting back into shape. And when I remember you, and you remember this well, you and them damn sweatsuits you were wearing, you come to practice, and it, it will be just completely wet because you were dripping all over the place from just sweating because you were trying to get yourself back into shape. I, I saw you closer. You you weren't tiny anymore. You were you were a little bit heavier. You were close to two hundred pounds at one time. Yeah, it was a little a little more than that. But uh, I, anybody that, you know, knew me back then know that I was never that big, mm -hmm. okay? But because uh, of the Achilles tendon injury, I couldn't do no running. I couldn't do no riding my bicycle. I love riding a bike. I couldn't do that. And I, I gained a lot of weight. But my thing was, first of all, getting in shape and trying to make the team. 
that was the most important thing to me. I wanted to still be a competitor, but just getting in shape because I was never, ever out of shape. I'm never out of shape now. I still <laughs> ride and, 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 you know, still do a little running on the treadmill. I don't go outside and ride right now because of the circumstances, because of the epidemic. But you know what? I'm still about 185, 190. I gained a little bit of weight. But I'm, I, I just feel good that I'm still alive, first of all, and, uh, and, and I'm getting healthy every day. <laughs> One thing we, we talked about and, and I look back on is during the championship run, and, and I watched you all of a sudden gain confidence into being – you transform into another player. You weren't the scorer anymore. You could be, but what you were were the passer, although you complained to me all the time, God, shooting shots all the time. I ain't getting no damn shot. I'm like, <laughs> why are you telling me that? I got nothing to do with that. You, you were complaining to me like, and then we got shooting all the shots. I got the ball. But, you know, how you transform as a point guard to me was really interesting. It was a, a thing that I learned in high school, uh, being, uh, you know, committed to trying, trying to win. And, yeah, I complained to you because you was my buddy, okay? You, you, you was a friend, but you was my brother. And when, when, when we started, you know, our journey as far as trying to win games and stuff like that, I just felt like, yeah, I had the ball all the time, and I could probably still score, but I had so many assets around me that could do certain things, and I just wanted to make make that transition and not 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 being a non-scorer, but make that transition to trying to be a part of a team. All all my life, I've been a part of a team and necessarily not scoring and not maybe passing the ball all the time. When I was in high school, I was I tell people we didn't lose a game in high school. But I was on a team. And God says, no, you was the man. No, no, I was on the team. I was glad to be on the team. Then you go to school and you just, you, you know, you're you, you a player on the team. And I, I, I think that when, you know, growing up, and that, it doesn't matter where you grow up, Max, just growing up, you just wanted to be a competitor, okay? You just wanted to belong. And when I got there, I didn't know where I fit, okay? But then you, you know, you're talking about Larry, Kevin, Chief. The game became easy, and it wasn't scientific. The game, the, became, the game became easy, and now you have to manage a game. I had to manage that game. Yes, yeah. I took less shots, but I had to manage a game because I had so much great personnel around me, and I just wanted to fit in. <laughs> well, the thing that – here's another thing that people will know. Nate Archibald was one of the only players to lead the league in scoring and assists ever to do that. Now, you go on from there – how did your eyes open the first time you saw Larry Bird? Because I had to guard him, but what did you think the first time you saw him? Because you, you were right there that first day. It was, it was eye-opening because he became, to me, a basketball player first and then a professor. He diagnosed the game. He, he, he knew certain things. But I told people it was just not Larry. It was you. It was Kevin. It was Robert. It was ML. It was Gerald. It was even Fernstein who didn't really play that much. We had guys, we had a different camaraderie than the guys have now, okay? And we still have that. We could talk about it, you know, about the playing aspect. We can't talk about the other things that we did together, going to the movies, going out, you know, doing different things together, eating and stuff like that. But the camaraderie will never go away. People well, can't, on, people on, can't on, say that. Hold on a minute. I'm going to sing the song right now. Freaks come out at night. The freaks come out. 
and that and that too you know the club the clubs and stuff like that and the, the eating and stuff like that i think that you know genuine guys had a good time yeah you know we took and it wasn't a color barrier max it was a thing that we all went out and had fun together you know and 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 that's that's the thing that even though we won a championship we had a good team and stuff like that we could have won a couple more if somebody didn't separate they showed them go down and i get stabbed all the time with that but you know what i still t still tell people i got one and i have a we had a great team and we still have that camaraderie well one thing that i i, I laugh about was, it was just before the season ended i had a chance to talk to somebody and it made me think of you immediately very seldom I saw you elbow guys, but I was talking to Maurice Cheeks, and boy, I know he got some of these from you all oh, yeah. day, all up in the neck. I'm like, damn, dude, why, why you hit him? I don't like it. I, and you never said anything, but all I can see, Maurice Cheeks, like, oh, oh, you were hitting him in the throat. So it was a different game played back during that time. It was, it was, it was much, much more physical, and guys don't understand that part of it they're giving a lot of guys who can score now credit guys a great shoot and stuff like that but max you know you know and, and kevin can testify to this you get one shot bro okay <laughs> you, you 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 embarrass me one time after that you're gonna be down okay you're gonna be on the you're gonna be on the ground and you know they give guys a lot of credit this guy's a great shooter he could do this and do that oh man if we can give up a foul, we would give up a a, a, a good foul. It wouldn't be a, no Mr. Softy foul, you know, on the ice cream truck. It'd be a good foul, and and that's I think part of that is missing. And I and people always question me about it. I said they changed the rules and they made the game safer and softer. That's what they did. I I I laugh too. Also, when I think about the greatest series that I've ever played in, it wasn't the championship series. But it had to be that Philadelphia Boston 1981. Those were wars, man. They were wars. Well, when, when, and and I saw you with with uh, you know, when they talked about you know the Lakers Celtics series. I don't know why they wanted to interview me because we never, I never was involved in that type of series. It was always Houston or like you said, either was Philadelphia, okay, and we crushed everybody else so it was it was always a war against us and philadelphia and the team that you think about it now the team that won okay would would, would be in the championship game uh, against uh either la or, or, or houston so I, I always tell people the war was philadelphia yeah. okay because we didn't it's not like we didn't like them it was a myth okay we wanted to just beat them and they wanted to beat us well i do remember one time actually with us being in we played a exhibition game against philly and we played in i want to say it was in knoxville tennessee tennessee and after the game was over no places were open to eat except the hotel well we got there early to eat and what i remember was Philly walked in, and because we were there, they were like, hell no, we ain't eating. They left the <laughs> – and that's how I told people how vicious it was back during the right. 80s. Teams did not like each other. Right. Well, it, 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 was, it, it was always like that. It's not like that now. And even in the summers, okay, the only time I played with Doc, okay, was when he was in New York and we played against Philadelphia. We were friends, but when we put on that different uniform, we weren't friends. And I tell them one time, 
it was, I think it was you and Larry. We had an altercation in Philadelphia, okay, when everybody was uh, and 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 you jumped on one of the. I think the fans had to do something on you and stuff like that. And 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 it didn't unite a hate or a, a, a dislike for for Philadelphia, but it was a competitive spirit that we had w within ourselves. And we represented whoever was on the team. We represented them. And it was like, yo, man, you can't do that to one of our guys, even though we might be friends later on in the summer. You can't do that to one of our guys because we competitive and we want to win. Well, the thing I, I, I remember distinctly about that game was we were up by one. I had the basketball with about three seconds to go, and they put Caldwell Jones and Daryl Dawkins on me. I threw the ball in the corner to you, and you threw, and we were ahead. And all of a sudden, you throw up a shot. It was a hook shot from about 30 feet away, which <laughs> right in the bottom. I was like, this was our day. So yeah. I, I, I remember that well. We had, we had a good run, okay? But, you know, when, when, when people talk about the physicality of the game, Okay, I saw some, and you know, I'm watching the, you know, the, the so-called scrimmages and stuff like that. They show some highlights where guys was getting clocked, and and you went in one time and got fouled, and it looked like everybody on the bench, and now they finding people. Everybody on the bunch united. Let's, yo, man, that's one of our guys and stuff like that. But that's, I, I mean, I mean, people say that's not happening anymore. I miss that part of the game because yeah. then you really know who your teammates are. Okay, and that's and that and that's the part of the game that's not happening anymore. Well, talk to me about your relationship with Red Arback because here's a guy who went out, got you, you were hurt, and believed in who you were. I'm not gonna, and then I get about I go to the other guy, Bill Fish, but talk about Red first. Red was a, you know, he he, he was a constant guy that always looked at guys who were supposed to be dead. Okay, guys who were really forgotten. You know, and and on their way out, and 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 I said, and 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 it's not greener pastures, but it is greener pastures. Okay, I think about guys before me, Paul Silas, uh, you know, Don Chaney. I think about a lot of guys that people gave up on, and you know, when I first met, and that wasn't the first time I met Red, but when I went to his office, you know smoking all that kind of stuff smoking a cigar he started talking about the championship runs championship teams and stuff like that and he said i i think you could still do this okay i think you could still do this we bringing in somebody and i didn't make i didn't meet bill fitch before and you know this she was on the i call it the good the bad and the ugly team before bill came in you know you talk about satch and then dave cowens okay he said i'm bringing in somebody and you know i'm giving you this chance to run this team and we're going to bring some new guys in, and we're going to win. Okay, see all these championship banners we got? We want another championship banner. So my thing was, I want to be a part of that because I've never, and like you, before that, yeah. we've never been a part of a championship run, okay? We was always with the ugly team, okay, or the bad team. And now you talk about a great team now. So when he said that, I said, I got to get in shape. You know, even though I came back from an injury, I got I really want to get in shape because I want to be a part of the team. I didn't know the guards that at then, but I just wanted to be a part of that team, okay? Because it was, you know, your, your, your window is closing. I said, Larry and them and you were coming in on the exit. I was, I mean, on the entrance and I was leaving on the exit. So <laughs> I just wanted to be a part of a winning part of a championship team. 
One thing that I remember you telling me about, which always sticks in my mind, is you you went to uh, El Paso, Utah. Right. And the first thing you tell me all the time was, dude, you look like a guy named Neville Shedd. That's what you always tell, tell me who I look like. But you, <laughs> but they're talking about the Black Lives Matter. UTEP was the, one of the last schools that had five black players that came in and won in the big dance. Talk a little bit about them, considering how things are now. Well, I, I think if you look around the country, they're starting the best guys. And at that time, no, wait a minute, they weren't the let they were the first. Okay, they were the first team, and it was not UTEP; it was Texas Western College. Yeah. Okay, and. Three of those guys, that's why I said you you remind me, you don't look like him, you remind me of Neville Shedd because three of those guys that was on the championship team, Max, was all from the Bronx. One guy, Willie Worsley, went to D with Clinton. And people always, you know, relate to Willie and me. I said, yeah, Willie was on the team. Well, you got to understand, Willie led the city, New York City, in scoring. And the guy says, man, where were you at? I said, I had the best seat on, 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 on the bench, okay, because I was behind Willie, but I didn't get to play that much. Neville Shedd, okay, and Willie, uh, Willie Cager went to Morris High School in the Bronx. So we had three guys that represented New York, but more importantly, the Bronx, okay, that played on that championship team. And I think it's different now, okay, because uh, Texas Western wasn't a major uh, university, okay, until two or three years later. When I was there, it was still Texas Western, and then my junior year, they became united in the in the university system, and they, it was called UTEP, University of Texas at El, at El Paso. It got bigger, and it got larger, and they added more sports, and people don't understand, why would it be Texas Western? They didn't have enough of, of sports to be a university, okay, even though they played on a university, on a university level, but I think it's changed now. Okay, I haven't been down there in years. Uh, the guy, the people that saved me, and all, and 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 it's always people thinking it's the head coach. Okay, Don Haskins was good. Okay, as far as defense, Mac, and 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 guy says, well, how come, you know, it didn't, you know, wear on you when you was playing in the league. I said, because guys couldn't guard me anyway, so I had to play no defense. Okay, <laughs> I could play it, but I didn't have to. Okay, but. The guys that saved me, okay, and I'm not talking about the basketball part, I'm talking about the educational part, was Nolan Richardson, I call him Sam, okay, and this guy, Andy Starkman. Nolan Richardson wasn't a coach at Texas Western when I was there. He was coaching high school, okay? He was coaching Bowie High School, and they won the state championship, okay, when he was there with, with a midget team. But he went from Bowie High School, then he went to West Texas, won the junior college championship, okay, went to Tulsa, won the NIT, and then he went to Arkansas, okay, and won the NCAA, okay? So he was instrumental in me staying in El Paso, okay, and going to school. And Andy Stogman was another guy. And there was so many people that helped me understand about, first of all, being a student athlete and getting my education, because I tell people I was a bad student. I was a terrible student, okay? But they made me persevere. Jerry Hale. Okay, and there's so many guys that weren't the head people, okay, but understood that we got to make him believe that he could be a student and, and a student athlete, and so he can persevere. Word association. You'll love this one. How we'll go. Herman the helicopter. Good player. 
Okay. He, I mean, if you ever see him play, he goes up. And, like, I, I can't compare him to anybody in, 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 in the NBA because people always say, well, he was like David Thompson. No, it was only one, it was only one David Thompson. Okay. And these guys that you're going to start mentioning are guys that played in the streets. Okay. Never played in the NBA. But go ahead. Pee Wee Kirkland. Pee Wee Kirkland went to Norfolk State. He played with Bobby Dandridge. Okay. Uh, he's a good guard, but a, a street legend. Never played in the NBA. The Destroyer, Joe Hammond. There are names that I mentioned to you out of the Rutgers League, and you just go, you light up. Joe Hammond. Bad, bad. He was the, to me, he was the baddest dude, okay, in the summer league. And the true story now, you could ask Jerry West. Jerry West came to the Rucker Park to see Joe play, wanted to give him a ticket to go to L.A. to play, like in the summer league and stuff like that. Never gave him a contract. Joe wouldn't leave the city, bro. Joe wouldn't leave. He could play, bro. At a young age, he played in the Eastern League. He destroyed the Eastern League, but he could really play. But didn't want to leave New York. The things you I hear you talk about when you talk about the city and the influence on basketball, when Walt Frazier came, the coolness of Walt. But everything was about the city, the Knicks. I, I just remember you just – you were so glowing about, you know, how the Knicks were during that time and how you watched the Busher, how you watched Frazier, all these guys in the city was just, it, it was, it was just radiant. It, 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 it was a different era back then. And I don't think they will ever, ever duplicate what they did in the seventies. I watched Earl. Okay. Because Earl was in Baltimore. Okay. And Earl is a New Yorker now. And then he came to New York. And that's another guy that had to make a, a, a major sacrifice. Because when Earl was with the Bullets, he was, he was torching people, getting 30 and 40. But when he was at Winston-Salem, he did the same thing. So New York decided, yo, what? Instead of him burning us all the time, let's bring him in and just be a player on our team. But, you know, Earl made a major sacrifice about his scoring just to be a part of a team. There, there are things about a game that you understand and how it's played, and you just have to love it. And when I think about your relationship bouncing around with Bill Fitch and how that was, that, uh, I, it, that was a adversarial something going on. And it was, it was a love-hate relationship that you and Bill Fitch had. Right. And, and, and it was about just me playing. I, I remember one time that uh, he jumped on my brother, okay, and <laughs> and I had to come to, on me. and I and, and I had to come to you know his defense because I didn't think that he should be tearing certain guys down. See, I got a hard shell. Everybody knows that, so you can mess with me all the time, and you know you know one of these you know this one of these days or one of these nights, me and him might have to go to blows, but I didn't want him. Since you gave me, you know, the, the label of the quarterback or the point person of the team, I didn't want you to mess with my guys, okay? Because you tear them down, and KC, Jimmy Rogers, those guys have to build them back up. It was, and Max, it wasn't no difference than when I was in college. You know, Haskins would tear us down, but we had Andy Stoglin or Jerry Hale to bring you back up. And that was 
because Bill picked the right people, okay? And those are the guys that we really gave the ultimate respect to. We, we, we respected Bill, but those guys, KC, and you know how soft KC's voice was and stuff like that. Those guys were very humble and loving to us because they knew what was going on. Okay, and they felt like, damn, now I got to do the, now I got to be the buffer, okay, and smooth and smooth this stuff out, cause we need you. You the ultimate guy, okay. But we need the rest of the guys because they, the 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 instincts and the impidity of if we're gonna win or not, okay. So yeah, you remember the time that we got on the bus and he jumped on you, and I'm like, yo man, let's go outside, man, and 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 wanted to throw him throw down with him because. You messing with me, okay, when he messes with my with my teammates. And I know he's, he's supposed to be the head guy, but he can't play like we can play on the floor. He can only give us instructions, okay? I, the, moving on a little bit and talking about the new NBA and also what's going on with the coronavirus and being down in the bubble right now. How do you feel about these bubble games? I'm sure you've seen maybe just bits and pieces, but it almost seems like a glorified summer league game. I, 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 I've seen a lot of them. I've seen Boston. I saw last night the Clippers and, and, and L.A. And I think certain teams, I've seen Toronto, and I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I, I already picked certain teams, okay, because of the intensity that I see them play, even when you talk. And it's not a pick. It's, I call them friendly games and stuff like that or exhibition games. But the intensity is there. Last night, that to me – Without any fans and stuff like that, that looked like a playoff game. Wow. Okay, even though the Clippers are missing a lot of guys. The L- L.A. is full. They stack. Okay, they brought some guys in. J.R. didn't play last night. But they brought some guys in, okay, to solidify their bench and trying to get them in better shape. And if they ain't in shape now, they ain't going to be in shape because it's going to be over. Because I think they start tonight, okay, with the regular playoffs, uh, so-called uh implemented season or whatever they want to call it. But I think that for the teams like LA and Milwaukee, I think it's an injustice that they got because Max, when we're playing, we play for home court advantage. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and one of the things that people don't see, and you know, this sometimes when you go into the Boston garden, cause you played there, Okay, it's about the fans, okay? And the fans can get you riled up. You go into Philadelphia and 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 my man playing the horn and the tooting and stuff like that and pissing us off, okay? <laughs> and 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 doing their national anthem and it gets them riled up. So I think that that's a piece of the puzzle that's missing, but the teams like LA and Milwaukee, who had the home court advantage, who are not playing at home, they got to come with their best game now, bro. They got to so, play with their best game because all the games are going to be played there, okay, with no fans. I see the little, you know, picture of people and stuff like that and all. They're trying to do the, you know, the the, the glorify the, 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 with the noise and all that stuff. But that to me, that don't work. Yeah. There ain't nobody throwing stuff on us and stuff like that or cursing us out and, and, and stuff. But, so that's part of the game that's that's going to be missing. But I think the most competitive three, four teams or four, four or five teams that I've seen. Okay. Milwaukee. Okay. The people in Canada. Oh man, they, 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 they rolling, bro. 
and you're going to say, why you ain't talking about the, 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 the C's? Because Kemba didn't play, okay? They gonna, that's a big part of in the backcourt because their frontcourt is young. They don't have a center, but they do have a center. But with, with him, and you know he's from the Bronx, so with him missing, I think that, 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 that hurts a lot of the, that intensive penetration and the knowledge that he has on the floor handling the ball and stuff like that. Now you're putting other people in the backcourt that's not playing as much minutes as he has, and I think it's going to hurt a little bit because it's about it's today or tonight, it's about winning games now, okay? And the guys that are like the Clippers, the guys that are not part of that bubble now who's got to come in and go – to go through that quarantine period, I think it's going to hurt them because they're missing those guys now, okay? And when they come back, it might be too late, okay? Okay. I, I, now here, this is when I get to the kind of crazy part. I, I'm going to get – I need an apology from you right now. 1980, you and I are in San Diego. It is uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, yeah, you know how I'm going with this. I'm great, I'm great that it was five, four, three, we were coming down. I had this nice young lady, I'm great to kiss her. You come behind me and just jab me right in my ass. So what was that for? It was Happy what New Year, bro. <laughs> I was great to get a kiss, man. I was leaning in. You did, you did. You, you got some excitement. <laughs> <laughs> All you did was like, you're talking about, oh, well, man, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I love this part when we start talking about it. And I'm going to ask you something that's a little different. And this will be different from you. Give me your Mount Rushmore of sports. It doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be you know, all basketball. You get four people that you put in the back of your house. You build a Mount Rushmore right now. What's that Mount Rushmore look like? I would go. I would have to go with Muhammad Ali first. Okay. Okay. Basketball is hard because I grew up with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, so you know people say, well, what about Bill Russell? Bill Russell comes in, but I'm going with Kareem. Okay. Because he he's he really to me, you know, they changed the lane for Wilt, but he really revolutionized the game when he was in college. Okay, when Kareem came into when he was at Palm Memorial, he didn't do that much dunking. He could, but when he went to UCLA, no dunking. Soon as he leaves, they bring in the dunk. Okay, so he had to master another shot, and I think he has the most unstoppable ever shot in the basketball history. I know guys like DT and Doc can dunk and they can glide and and Michael and could dunk on you and stuff like that. But they were at, at times unstoppable, but Kareem had an unstoppable shot, okay? Yeah. And, and, and then I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to football. It's unfortunate that he's not in New England anymore, okay? But I think that when you talk about the Mount Rushmore of sports, Tom Brady broke. Ain't nobody did what he did. I don't care if guys are getting more money, okay? You're talking about 11 trips and got a, a six Super Bowls, and I think football probably is the, the hardest sport to repeat and treat, okay? And the last is, is, is baseball, okay? And I know that people are going to say, why you pick him? I'm taking Willie Mays because you're talking hey, about – Hey, baby. Uh, say hey. 
go going into foreign sport, and it's not foreign to him, but being the not the first, because people always say he was the first. He wasn't the first. I think going into a sport where you're talking about what's happening now, okay? You're talking about uh, racial e equality, okay? And he revolutionized that. He was with Brooklyn. He was with, enough, you know, other teams like that. But I have to go with, you know, Willie Mays for opening up those doors for other people to get a chance to play in a sport. Those are my, my, my yep. top people in, di in different sports. Everybody will probably argue about the basketball part of it, but yo, my man, my allegiance is to New York, and I'm going with Kareem. <laughs> man, I mean, your allegiance to New York is crazy. But if you think looking, start looking at the guys who were from there and who played during that era, and having Kareem, it's it's almost like you can't touch it. You know, you got your bur your guy. You haven't talked about him at all. I thought you'd be talking about Kingfish, Bernard King, and his right. brother. You know, those were right. those uh, again guys out of that New York area that you're going, man. They were players. Now, before I go there, I'm going I'm to throw another name at you, Andrew Tony. Oh man, they they called him the Boston Strangler, but he he was just he was just tough, man. He was just tough. But you know what? That's part of that Philadelphia Boston hate tradition. And I don't think they really hated us, but they were they they knew that if they could get past us, they would be in the championship. Okay, and you know we we sometimes when I'm around Doc, we talk about it. Oh man, <laughs> I, I I couldn't guard this guy, or I, I couldn't go. And 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 he didn't say he didn't like certain guys, but he knew that those guys were competitive, and it wasn't like they didn't like him. They knew what he could do. So in certain areas, you have to just cut him off. Okay, but it was he knew this, bro. We we were coming, and and we were going to be competitive, and we knew that they were going to be competitive. And then you know you got a lot of guys. The only guy that, I, I, and I and I and and he's left us now, but when I look at him, and he played with Philadelphia, he was a dominant force if he ever came to play, okay. And that's Careful double G. If he came to play, Chief would put him in his pocket. Chief would get off on him early, and Dow Dawkins would get maybe one, maybe one dunk, maybe no dunks. Okay. But he had to guard guys that he couldn't guard, okay? Because Chief wasn't a, 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 a dominant back-to-the-basket center. He was a turnaround guy that faced him up, and Chief would run and go by him and get and get easy shots. So he had a difficult task about that. And Darrell was a guy that when he got it low, okay, he would kill guys, but he never got it that low on guys. Guys would take him off a off position. And he turned around a couple times, Max, and, and I hate to, you know, go back in time. He turned around a couple times and shot some jumpers, and I said, keep on shooting them, big ant. <laughs> keep on shooting them. Because, I mean, as soon as, as soon as he shot about one or two jumpers, Billy took him out. Here come Caldwell Jones. Because that wasn't part of the game that Billy Cunningham wanted him to play. He wanted him to be physical. And back then, he could have been, but he wasn't. Okay? So when he came into the game, it was like, well, Chief's going to take care of him real fast because he's going to be coming right back out. <clears throat> they talking right now to Nate Archibald, Hall of Famer, and I believe you were one of the 50 greatest players of all time. Yeah, they felt sorry for me. No, 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 no. That wasn't. How did that feel to go out among 
those 50. And, and you know, no, no offense to anybody who didn't make it, but I was so proud to see that you were in that position and having that jacket. And that room must have been unbelievable when you think about those 50 guys. It, it, it was, and, and, I, and, you know, I don't even look back on it, okay? Because I, I tell people it wasn't something that you look to happen, okay? I was honored to be with, you know, back then it was Sam, and, and you know, I know you're going to go off on Coos, but Coos was there, <laughs> and Shaman, and all of, those, all of those guys was there. And, you know, Bill Walton, people, well, they, well, 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 I don't care what they say, okay? We didn't pick ourselves, yeah. Okay. You know, Bill was there, you know, and it, Dave Cowens, who I played with in the summer before he was a Celtic. Okay. So a lot of the guys that represented, you know, you talk about the C's were inducted. You talk about Robert, you talk about Larry, you talk about Kevin. Okay. And it, and it just felt like home to me. Okay. Wow. With, all, with, with all of those guys. Okay. You talk about Shaman and Kuzi was there. Sam was there. We had, we probably, if people look back at it, you have more Celtics in that so-called top 50 than any other team in the history of the basketball. Well, the thing about it, you won more championships than anybody else. So I guess to the victor goes the spoils. Right. I'm going to leave you with, you know, telling me a little bit about the guys in the game today that you really admire. The guys that you look at and going, man, that dude right there is a beast. Because I think about the way you scored the ball and – just think about it. If the, if the three-point shot was in, you would have probably had to get a little bit more range. But, man, that would have added some points to your numbers. But tell me about these guys today that you look at that you really admire. Well, one guy's up up there because I, I saw him grow up. <laughs> and people are going to say, you did? Yes. Ask him. Okay, when he was in high school. Uh, Kemba, you know, he went to high school and – had, he, he was struggling a little bit. Then he would go to UConn. And I said, the, the, the best thing that Kemba did, okay, was he went back to school. And people don't know this until they hear from me, okay? He went back to school to UConn and graduated early, okay? He got his degree early, okay? But uh, he, he was a – I call it a finder-seeker, okay? He's looking for some kind of uh, identity because when he went to Charlotte, he was a scorer and he was a passer, but they weren't winning in a lot of games. And I know that's your hometown anyway, but they weren't winning a lot of games, okay? Now you go with a traditionally better team because he got better personnel, but if you look on the banners, it's scary up there. When you look at all the championship banners they got, they, they, I tell people, when you look at the Boston Garden, now the, the TG, whatever center they call it now, they ain't no conference banners up there by no teams okay it's always championship banners I look at the guy that y'all had because I saw his dad grow up okay we talking about Kyrie Gervin okay I saw his dad grow up and I had his dad okay Mitchell Projects yes sir yes sir went to BU all right and his dad will say to me a long time ago when they was when I went to uh the Barclays Center he like you. I said, no, he ain't like me. He making more. He making more money, and I think he's better, okay? Because he enjoyed the championship team earlier than I did, okay? But you know, I look at Curry. I look at guys like that and who play a different sport, okay? Kyrie and and Kemba more of a penetrator, maybe not a great shooter like Curry, but those guys have a different method to the madness, 
Okay, and Max, if we and me and you were still playing, Larry and Kevin, and we talk about personal trainers, we talking about the nutritional values that they have by people cooking and stuff like that, we could probably still be playing too, okay? Because we didn't have that. We were our own personal trainers and we did stuff, okay, where somebody got hurt, they got x-ray machines and stuff like that right there, convenient to everybody. And it saved, it's saving a lot of the guys now. It didn't save us, okay? We had our turn. And now it's a new generational guys who haven't, uh, hopefully, and I tell people that, I said, I'm hoping that they having fun and they saving and, and doing some financing with their money. Because I tell people, the most fun I had wasn't playing in the NBA. Most fun I had was playing in the summer leagues and stuff like that against Pee Wee and Joe and Doc and stuff like that because there was no pressure on, on you. And people say, well, you was getting a salary. You was getting salary from the NBA. But it wasn't no pressure about winning. It was just having fun and, and, and being competitive. And you could kick the ball up in the stands if you want, okay, and get a tech and come right back in the game. I said, and the NBA was different. It was about winning games. Well, it was so good to see you, my friend. I, I hope you stay healthy. This is the end of the Cedric Maxwell podcast with my, my good buddy, Nate Archibald. You stay safe, be, be good, and always be black. Okay, bro. You too. All right, man. Have a go. See you when you come to Brooklyn. All right, man. We'll holler. Later. <laughs>